Yep. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. Man, we're a little light tonight. I think everybody's uh, vacationing. We got Brian and Carrie on uh, either they're on the road or just uh, got there. They're at the happiest place or the greatest place on earth. What do you call it? Disney World. Uh, they went down to Disney World there, uh, this week, so uh, I hope they have a wonderful time while they're down there. Uh, my media guy, I don't know where he's at, but we're going to make do. we got everything going. So, hey, Brother Brandon, if you'll come up tonight, we'll go ahead and take up the nice offering for the missions. While he's coming up tonight, I need to talk to us about our soup kitchen sponsorship. Uh, we've got several folks that are falling a little bit behind. Uh, please... Uh, try to catch those payments up. Uh, if you want to know where you're at on the payments, uh, the, uh, the spreadsheets posted out there uh, on the blackboard or the posted board or whatever you call it board, <laughs> going into the sanctuary, uh, let you know where you're at in your payments. We have uh, two kids. Uh, we, we had a, a couple that were sponsoring two kids that left the church, and they've left the kids uh, for us to figure out what to do with. So if you want to sponsor a couple kids, we need to take on, we need a couple sponsors uh, to help pick up and uh, carry the, carry these two kids on through the rest of the year. If you want to know how much it is, it's $28 per, per kid, as most of us know, uh, be $56 to catch up and they, they need to be caught up from March to present. Uh, if you can help with that, uh, we would love to ha- uh, have you help us give a, uh, give a hand getting those caught up. And if you're needing help getting caught up, please let us know. Uh, overall, most everybody's doing good. Just need to just keep, pay attention to it. Uh, a lot of people are doing it by PayPal, which is great. It comes com- uh, straight out. That's what we do. And so we never miss it. It just comes straight out. But uh, so if, if you can help us out with those two, two children, we would love to have you help us out with those. Um, silent auction uh, Brother Harold has done an outstanding job In our silent auction for our fall festival Coming up just a week uh, from, this, from this Saturday uh, So keep, get the word out If you want some flyers Do we have any flyers to give out yet? Okay, if you want some flyers To go hang out in the, in the area And neighborhood, please grab some And take them out there Hang them up in uh, uh, stores and gas stations And stuff, get the word out uh, we, I, I'm telling you, we have some great stuff in our, in our, uh, uh, silent auction. You do not want to miss out on bidding on some of these items. <clears throat> uh, also for those on the marriage retreat, uh, going on the marriage retreat, if you do not know where we're going, let's see me and Rochelle after service tonight, we are going up Friday. So, uh, uh, we'll be up there Friday night and Saturday night and then coming back to church here on Sunday. Going to be refreshed. Going to have a wonderful, wonderful time. Looking forward to that. So uh, everybody keep that lifted up. If you're not able to go, pray for us who are going because uh, we're, we're planning on having a great time. Uh, brother Brandon, we pray over offering tonight for, uh, for our missions, brother. Yes, Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to come here today, Lord, just to gather and to worship you, Lord, and to hear your word, Lord, and uh, just to uh, uh, get that. Midweek fill up. Yes, Lord. Greatly need, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray you just uh, bless this offering and use it to to go out into the mission field, Lord, and to to find the lost souls. 
Yes. You uh, help help those in need, Lord. Just uh, Lord, be with us tonight. Be with Mike as he brings the word, Lord. Just uh, uh, anointing, Lord. Just Thank you, Lord. Have him say what uh, you would have him teach that. Yes. What your will is, Lord. Be done. Lord, we pray for uh, Harold, Lord. That yes. Be up here, I pray, Lord, that you just uh, allow him to have a quick recovery. Yes, Lord. Amen, amen. Thank you, brother. Uh, as he was praying there, praying for Brother Harold, definitely uh, keep Brother Harold lifted up. He had knee replacement surgery today. Did you get to talk to uh, Dorothy? Yes. How's he doing? He's good. Okay. So as we pray, keep Brother Harold lifted up. Anyone else with a prayer request tonight? Amy. Okay. Definitely keep that lifted up. Brother Lewis? Yes. What's that again? I'm sorry. For Harold, children and grandchildren. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, he loves to pray for his kids and grandkids. He loves to have them in church with him. For sure. Anyone else tonight? Brother Brandon. Definitely pray for those, absolutely. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Good, good, good to hear. Anybody else? Sister Sheila. Sonny? Okay. <clears throat> Definitely remember that tonight. Who else? All right. Uh, remember uh, Sister Lori and Brother Jay uh, going through a rough time right now in their lives. Keep them lifted up. Um, I can't think of anybody else off my head. Anybody else got one? Yeah, and pray for a lady named Tanya. She's had a rough time right now. And just that God will touch her mind and help her. Amen. Definitely. All right. Unfortunately, not able to monitor Facebook. So if you put your prayer requests out there, are you monitoring? Okay, Michelle's monitoring Facebook. We apologize for just being the phone tonight. Uh, hopefully the volume is good enough that you can hear 
And so uh, this we're making do tonight with what we have. Uh, all right. One more time. Anybody got a prayer request? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for everything you do for us. We thank you, Lord, that you are our king, our, our healer, our savior. Tonight, Lord, we uh, we thank you, God, for a successful surgery on Brother Harold, uh, that knee replacement surgery he went through. We ask you, Lord, to give him a speedy recovery, Lord. Let him feel your presence all around him tonight, God, as he's uh, getting ready to leave the hospital tomorrow. Ask you, Lord, uh, that he would just be able to walk better than he has in years. Uh, Lord, we also lift up his kids and grandkids that he has a heart and passion for, Lord. Uh, I ask the Lord to touch each one of them, Lord. We just lift up Sister Amy tonight, Lord, uh, going through this radiation to treat uh, uh, this place in her neck. We ask the Lord to touch her, uh, to, uh, to heal her, to strengthen her body. Uh, Lord, we pray against these side effects, Lord, as she's uh, uh, experiencing, Lord, through these. And we ask the Lord to touch, touch that and just uh, eliminate any pain or effects, God, from this. And, Lord, we pray in the end, Lord, it's going to be successful, that there will be uh, no more cancer, no more problems with it. In the name of Jesus tonight, Lord, Lord, we lift up our church and our church family. I ask you, Lord, just have your uh, blessings, blessings upon them, bless upon our church and our family. I ask you, Lord, just uh, grow us spiritually and numerically, Father. Lord, we lift up Brother Brandon, his family, Lord. I ask you, Lord, touch them. I ask uh, t- touch his Aunt Sandy tonight battling cancer. Father, we ask the Lord to, to touch her body, Lord. Touch those, uh, touch that cancer in the name of Jesus. Ask the Lord for a miraculous healing in her body tonight, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the praise report that uh, this man named Alan uh, had his PET scan, Lord, and is showing no more cancer. So we praise you for that tonight, God. And we ask the Lord just continue to just uh, uh, strengthen him and 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 re- restore uh, uh, his body in the name of Jesus tonight. Lord, we lift up Sister Sheila's niece, uh, her her father-in-law, Sonny. Uh, going through these effects from COVID uh, with his lung infection and fibrosis, uh, things going on in his, in his lungs. We ask you tonight to touch him, to heal his lungs in the name of Jesus tonight. Lord, we lift up uh, Sister Lori and Brother Jay tonight, God, as they're going through a very difficult time, a uh, very difficult uh, season in their life. We ask the Lord just touch them, to comfort them, to heal their hearts, heal their spirit tonight, Father God, and just uh, be with them tonight. Lord, we lift up this uh, Lady Tanya tonight. Ask the Lord to touch her, touch her heart, her spirit, and her mind tonight, God, and uh, just have your way in her life tonight. And Father, we ask the Lord to touch our church, once again, touch our, our church family, touch our, our uh, all the departments, the department leaders tonight, Father, ask the Lord to just have your way in our lives and Lord, we just thank you, God, for everything you do once again and all that you've done. But most of all, all that you're getting ready to do in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Who? Oh, Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. Keep Dorothy Northern uh, lifted up high. Yeah, her daughter, Rachel. Uh, Dorothy and Rachel lifted them up. Uh, yeah, it was great seeing her in person. Uh, glad to have them. Um, we were talking there, and I had one going on in my brain at the, at the moment, but it escapes me now. Anyways, um, all right. Well, let's get into it tonight. We, I feel like it's been, it's been a month of Wednesdays since I've been up here. Uh, been a feels like it's been a long time, which it has, but I guess in the way it has been. 
And I want to thank Brother Rocky for stepping in last Wednesday night. Uh, Brother Victor was scheduled to be here, but he was he was uh, got sick and couldn't be here. And Brother Rocky, being incident in season, out season, he stepped in and took care of it. I want to thank Brother Tony for the week before taking care of it. Brother Victor uh, taking care of services here on Wednesday night, and uh, appreciate them so much uh, being able to rely on them to uh, carry the mail. And uh, I want to thank them for that. Uh, but uh, we're going to get back into what we started several, several weeks ago. And anybody remember when we started? Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. There you go. You was listening, Mary. You... All right. Yes. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yes, spiritual warfare. And if there's ever a time right now that this that we are going through uh, uh, in our lives, we are in a spiritual warfare, spiritual battle in our lives. <coughs> and uh, so a few weeks ago, we started this series. We we're talking about um, the seasons, some seasons of temptations that we go through some, and some seasons of prayer that we need to go through in the battling of this spiritual warfare that we are in. Uh, a, few, a few weeks ago, we kicked it off with uh, basically uh, establishing that you can't have good theology without good demonology because there is a demon. He is real. His name is Satan. He is roaming around this planet seeking whom he may devour. And it's not, ne- not necessarily devour you physically, but he wants to devour you spiritually. He wants to deplete your spiritual energy. He wants to cause you to get so tired of battling that you will finally just give up and give in and become a spiritual just uh, lump on a log or not on a log where you're not really being effective, not just in your life, but you're not being effective in anybody else's life either. Amen. And it happens because I've been there. I've been one of those that's fought and fought and fought and got tired of fighting. I just sit down and it's like, and then, and then God just absolutely wore me out. He's like, this is not where you're supposed to be. You're in the battle. You're supposed to be fighting the battle. So I had to get up off the knot on the log and get back into the fight. It's not easy. It's not for wimps. Amen. The battle is strong. The devil's, and I hate to give him credit. Y'all know me. I hate to give him credit, but he is, he knows what he's doing. He, he studies us. He doesn't, can't read our minds. He can't see our hearts or anything, but he knows he's got things, he's got things in play that he knows, uh, uh, how to affect you. He knows that if I, you know, if you, if you rely on your morning coffee before you get to work. And you drive by Duncan's, and Duncan's line is wrapped around two times around the building, and you're already running late to work. You can't get your coffee before you go to work because you know, (laughs) because you're one of those, you don't get your caffeine fixed, you're going to be a a fix for the rest of the day. Amen. Amen. So he knows. So he'll, he'll he'll cause things to get in your way. We'll get into more of that here in just a minute. But there's this battle that's going on, and this devil knows what he's doing. And so we have to be, we have to know more than he knows. Amen. We have to be, we have to know more about this battle. We have to be more effective in our weapons. We have to be more, more effective in the tools that God has given us in order to battle this spiritual warfare that we are in. We, God has given us his word to battle it with. He's given us prayers, given us supplication. He's given us 
all these tools that are very effective in the warfare, but how many of us really truly use them to the full effect? Very few Christians ever really get to the point where, you know, because because the Bible, even even Jesus, you know, with the, remember when the disciples were uh, uh, not the, well, the disciples were there, but when the uh, the man who had the son that was afflicted of a devil, afflicted of a spirit. And he would throw himself in the fire and he would, he would, he would have the fits and had all this stuff going on. And he, said, and he brought him to Jesus and said, Jesus, he said, man, my son is going through this thing. He's got this demon. He's got the, and he said, I took him to your disciples and your disciples couldn't do me any good. And he looked at his disciples and said, man, how long do I, how long do I have to suffer you? He said, I've taught you. I've told you there's ways to fight these things. This one does not come out except by prayer and what? Say that again. Prayer and what? Everybody together? Fasting. Yeah, we don't like to say that. It's like one of those, it's like one of those bad words that we just don't like to say because we like to eat. Amen? I like to eat. And when, when we go to fasting, when we pray, when we throw in that fasting, that means I not only got to sacrifice time in my prayer closet that most of us really don't ever spend a whole lot of time in. Hello? And then, then I got to tack on fasting too. So I got to give up my Andy Griffith time. And I got to give up my Taco Tuesday Nacho Burrito uh, Chimichanga Nachos, uh, you know, fajita nachos. I mean, I got to give those up too. We don't like that. But God give us these things. He said, these things don't come out except by prayer and fasting. So there's tools that we have of, of available to us if we will take the time. And that's why I really wanted to have this time together in the spiritual warfare series to go through these tools. To go through, talk about the, the seasons where, the, the Satan, where Satan will really come at you hard. See, he, he doesn't come at you when everything's all good. For the most part, he'll come at you when things are starting to go awry or he'll come at you. Uh, and it could be. Uh, let's, it, it come, we talked about it last week. Come, he can come right after you had your spiritual rebirth. How many remember when you first got saved? And you could go, you felt like you could go chasing the devil with a water gun. And then all of a sudden he comes in after that spiritual victory and then he, he tries to tell you, oh, it did not that wasn't nothing. You just went through this. You just went up there because so-and-so was up there. You went up there because your wife elbowed you in the gut and told you to get your butt up there. You didn't. You didn't. He'll, get, he'll hit you with those things. So we started off talking about a lot, a lot of that. Talked about uh, 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 some scriptures. We talked about now. Then we kicked off in the six seasons of temptation. You know, Jesus was uh, uh, praying. Uh, the Bible tells us Luke four thirteen, and when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Talking about when Jesus was at the, uh, uh, on the mountain praying, he departed from him from a season. Even so, there's seasons that we go through. There's also the Ecclesiastes tells us to everything there is a season and time for every purpose under heaven. So we re- read those things in the book of uh, Luke and Ecclesiastes a couple a few weeks ago. We talked about the first season of temptation coming a lot of times, like I just said, immediately after conversion. When the excitement of being saved, the excitement of, of, of all the, uh, the, the, the sin and all that stuff, you know, got nailed to the cross with Jesus. 
It's like a, a brand new clean slate. And then here comes Satan in to, to, uh, uh, to ridicule you. He'll send people into your life to ridicule you, your family, your friends. Uh, it'll bring in t- uh, all the old temptations back into your life, the things you dealt with before. And he'll attack you, especially the young folks. And that's where I was talking, uh, I believe the last time we got together, was how important it is for some of us older folks, the older, and now I'm talking about the older in faith, to grab some of these young folks, these young teenagers, young ladies, young men, and bring them under your, under your tutelage, bring them under your wing, and mentor them, help them. And a lot of times, we talk about, I talk about this, a lot of times they'll receive it from a total stranger, per se, than he will from a family member. So that's why it's important that you have somebody a lot of times to, to grab on these young ones that's not necessarily your child, bring them underneath your wing and start mentoring them, bringing them up and try to, try to encourage them and be there for them and, and encourage them to contact you anytime that they're having, dealing with some issues. And be available. If you tell them to contact you, be available to them. Morning, day, night, midnight. Oh, I've been, I've been, to, I've been to houses at two or three o'clock in the morning talking with uh, uh, young people because uh, uh, you know we make ourselves available. We better be available when they call. So that's what I want to encourage us as the church to do, the church body, to bring somebody underneath your wing and start mentoring them, start encouraging them, start bringing them up in the faith. That's not necessarily your child because they'll receive, and we all know it, our kids will respect somebody else a whole lot more than they'll respect their own parents. Even though they love the parents, they love you. They really do. But for whatever reason, (laughs) because we're the authoritarians in our life, they just don't want to hear any more authoritative things come out of our mouth trying to help them. Because they think they know it all, seen it all, been there, done that, and got the t-shirts. <laughs> Amen? They think they know it all. And so when somebody completely that's not part of that family comes in and, and brings one of them underneath their wing and says, Hey, you don't know it all. I know you think you know it all, but let me tell you about some things I know that I've been through that may help you not go through where I went through. And so they'll receive it from total strangers a lot of times before they'll ever receive from us. So I'll encourage us to do that. Find you, find you one of these young men, young ladies. Bring them underneath your wing. Talk to them. Be, spend some time with them uh, at church, you know. And, and I know we live in a time that's so, so scary uh, to try to talk with, you know, uh, younger folks. But, you know, take time to, you know, reach out to them. Let them know you love them. Let them know you're praying for them. And when you say you're going to pray for them, pray for them. Take the time to pray for them. Call their names out before the Lord. Because the devil is really after our young folks. He is after them so bad. I mean, we can look no further in our own church. How, you know, tonight we just just don't have any teenagers tonight. Where's all the teens? Where, Where are you? Where's the teenagers tonight? I mean... I, I, you know, I, I, can't, I don't have the answer. What are we chasing? What are we teaching our children to chase? Why are we, why are we not in, uh, encouraging our children to be at church? 
You know, we, we don't want them to fall in the devil's hands. Well, you better get them where they won't fall in the devil's hands. You better keep them in a place where they're at least protected for a little while by the, the spirit of God that's in the house. And I'm not saying they're not, he's not everywhere, but man, it's so much more important to have them here where they're te- taught and learning instead of just, well, if so-and-so's not there, I'm not going to go. And you don't have to go. I'm not going. And, I mean, we're seeing that. God will hold you responsible for how you raise up your child and how you allow them to live. And you need to be warned right now. As a parent, as a grandparent, we have got to toe the line for our kids. Where's our kids at? Where are they? Should have a full youth group tonight. Are we just chasing? Are we just coming because so-and-so's at church? You know, and then if they don't come to church, are we... Are we you know, I, I, I digress because, uh, but it's evident. Yeah. Where are they at? This is the spiritual battles going on. Spiritual warfare is uh, going on. So we talked about seasons of uh, uh, the season of temptations. The first one being uh, after immediately after conversion. The second season we're going to talk about is in the pain of life. How many knows? You know, like I said a while ago. You know me, I don't like to give the devil any credit, but he sure is masterful in attacking us when we are in painful situations. Amen? Whether it be in our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our spirits, our families, you name it, wherever it's at. He knows, he studies you out, he knows, and he, and he attacks when painful situations happen in our lives. Whether it be because sick bodies and sick minds becomes his playground. In those times of gripping pain in our lives, he makes us to think that God has forgotten about us. He tries to, tries to tell us that God is not near to us. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't even recognize. He don't even see what's going on in your life. Well, I'm going to tell you something tonight. He knows and he cares. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I promise it. But the devil wants us to think that the spirit and the church has led us to, into some blind alley of desertion where there feels like there is no light at the end of the tunnel and where there is no hope in the valley. He's like an attacker who goes in to take a walled city and then he goes in to find the weaknesses in that wall. The Bible tells us how he does this. Bible, I mean... If you want to find out things that's going on, you're going on in your life, go to the Word. I guarantee you what you're going through has been addressed in the Word. In Job, the book of Job. Remember Job? Job was a man that, 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 that was, the Bible says was perfect. I believe if I'm right, if I'm correct me, I think he was perfect. An upright man, labeled as a perfect and upright man. And the devil come by one day and said, you know, God said, you know, where you been? What you doing, devil? He said, I just coming to it, going to and fro on the earth, thinking basically, you know, who I can try to mess up. And the Lord said, well, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, but you got your hand on him. It wasn't that God was wanting Job to go through some hard pains in his life, but his, he wanted to show that when God's in, in, got his hand on somebody's life, that he, they're going to stand up for what's right. And so, devil, being ignorant, 
thought he could get Job to turn away from God. And, and you know, we've read the story. We know it. he lost everything. He lost his health, his wealth, his family, all the everything that he had. The devil attacked with a vengeance to, for him to curse God and die. But we know in the end that he not only got back everything the devil stole from him, but got a double portion back. Because he wouldn't bow down to the pressures and the temptations that the devil brought into his life. We see it so many times where the devil slips in and hear me. We a lot of times we are we are sold. <laughs> I don't know where we're sold a bill of goods or we buy into a bill of goods that when we take when we receive the Holy Spirit in our lives that, that we no longer are 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 uh, open for attack by the devil. Anybody ever feel like that? You know, oh, yeah, I, I got the Holy Spirit on my side. I'll never battle another devil in hell again. Well, you're going to battle some stuff. You're going to battle more than you ever thought you were going to battle. And I'm not saying that to, 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 to break doom and gloom. It's just a fact of life. We live in a fallen world. The world, this is not God's design. This is not God's plan for this world. Can I hear an Amen. God's plan in the very beginning with Adam and Eve was that we was that Adam and Eve and all of us as descendants of Adam and Eve would, would live, reside in this beautiful garden where we never have to work, never have to sweat, never have to feel the heat of the day and sun beating down on us. We have trees where we could just sit underneath and, and sing kumbaya and all that stuff and, and enjoy the presence of God. We messed it up. That was God's design. God's design was not for us to live the way we're living today. But we had to have it our way. We had to have it in Burger King way. We had to have it our way. And so we brought this stuff into our lives. We brought this stuff into our existence. Wicked people are wicked people. We live in in a wicked world, in a fallen world, where wicked people live. Wicked are wicked by because they are of the, the little G God of this world who is the image of wickedness. Evil is upon this world because of him. Now, God didn't design us to live this way, but he provides us a way out. He provides us victories. He provides us being more than an overcomer in this place, in this world. We are living in this world, but we are not of this world. Can I hear an amen? Those who are of this world are causing chaos right now. Good people are dying. Bad people are dying. Bad people are being blessed. Good people are being blessed. It rains on the just and unjust. Everything. So, but we are still living in a sin-sick world in need of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And if we don't get it right, how are they ever going to get it right? The church, the body, you in sitting in your seat, you're the church. We're the church. We have got to win this spiritual battle if we're ever going to bring somebody out of a battle that they're battling successfully. Amen? They're not going to come and seek you out if all you're doing is hiding and and crying and and going on. Yeah, there's times when when we let the tears flow. Absolutely. 
But this world needs to see somebody who's going through some stuff and know they're going through some stuff, but they're still able to have joy, not necessarily happiness, but still have joy down in your heart, knowing that you're lifting up. I know that I know that I know that I'm going through some stuff, but I know that I know that I know I serve a Savior who is going to see me through it. The strength is my, the joy, the joy of the salvation, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And the only way that you're going to make it through and bring somebody along with you is let them see the joy of the Lord in your life. Amen. Amen. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. When things don't go my way, I look like I've sucked on a lot of sour lemons. There's times when people just do that, right, Tony? It's the human nature side of us. But the the times that we show the joy of the Lord should outnumber those times. Yeah. We, we're just not going to be able to help it. There are going to be times when things are going to happen that we are just going to be irritated over, we're going to be mad about, and we're going to want to meet, want to, we, we're going to want to be mad. And we're going to want to show everybody if we're mad. Amen? But there's times when we need to let people see the joy that has brought you through what you've gone through <coughs> because your testimony is going to be the message that brings somebody else to the same testimony you have. And unless you show it to them, how are we ever going to get a, the sensic world saved? Amen? If, if you don't have anything to be joyful over, why in the world would I want what you have? Huh? I can go down to the bars and sit at the bar, bar stool and belly up to the bar and laugh and hoo-ha and go on and be happy. Now, I'll pay for it in the end, but what about us? If people would rather be with somebody sitting at the bar rather than a Christian who never shows any joy and is always down and out, something's wrong. So we need to understand the devil really knows what he's doing. He studies you. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what makes you flip. Amen. So he's, so he's like this, he's like that attacker. He, he looks for the weaknesses in the wall and he starts infiltrating, starts exposing, starts uh, uh, picking, picking, picking at those weaknesses. Anybody here ever have somebody figure out what makes you tick? You know, I'm talking of somebody. <laughs> I see somebody's hand going like this right here. <laughs> and I ain't going to tell who it is, Rocky. <laughs> but you've had somebody that knows the, the pet peeve that you have. And you know somebody, and somebody knows that pet peeve. And they will not leave that pet peeve alone. They will not let that, they will never ever let that scab scab over because they'll always pick it and keep it, keep it inflamed, right? Well, that's what the devil does. He sees your pet peeves, he sees your weaknesses, and he starts scratching at them. He keeps scratching at them. Keeps, they'll never heal over because he's continually picking at them. And we got to be bigger than he is, we got to be stronger than he is. In the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's the only way. We're not going to be able to do it on our own. If we rely on this flesh, me and the devil are going to try to go to the back, back room and we're going to fight it and duke it out. More than likely, he's going to come out and I'm not. Because I don't, on my own, have the strength to beat him. Right on? 
But the Holy Ghost inside of me is going to take him down. Right on? So, we look at him as this attacker. You know, Job, we read about him in the book of Job, and we can, we can relate a lot of times. You don't have to completely relate the whole story to your life, but you can, you can relate pieces and parts of what went on. And you can kind of, uh, 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 what's the right word, synthesize, spiritualize it to fit your situation. It might not necessarily mean, you might not lost your whole family, but maybe you did. Uh, you know, tonight I'm thinking about poor Lori. Love Lori and Jay to death. And I think about them tonight. And I think about her grandson who got tragically taken out of this world way, way too young. At 16 years old, being murdered. And I can't, I can't imagine what they're going through. But we have to also understand that there's a God who still loves us. God did not cause that to happen. We live in this wicked world where wicked and evil people live that are going to do wicked and evil things. The thing that we have to be is ready to respond when those things come knocking on our door. We have to be ready spiritually. We have to be ready in the Holy Spirit. We got to be, I mean, we got to be when, when, when the attack, you, you don't prepare for the attack when the attack's going on, right? If you do, you're way behind. We prepare now before the attacks. How do we prepare? We prepare by praying. We prepare by fasting. We prepare by getting, ingesting this word. Getting this word inside of us so that we can go to the devil and battle him with the word. What did Jesus do when he was tempted by Satan on, on, on the uh, uh, on mount? What did he do? What did he do? He fought him with the word. Gave him scripture. How? So, if Jesus thought it was important to fight devil with the scriptures, why don't we think it's vitally important in our lives to battle the devil with the same scriptures? I'll tell you why. Because we are too lazy to get into the word and read the word and study the word and ingest the word so that we have the word in us. You're not going to recall any word to fight the devil with if you don't have not read or studied that word to get it in you. Amen. It's like a, it's like a test. If you don't, if I'm if I'm going to take an algebra test, but I study history. And I'm going to try to take an algebra test and I'm going to study history. I'm not going to pass that algebra test. Amen? And if I study Barney Fife and Andy Griffith all the time and I'm getting ready to fight the devil, but I've been studying Barney and Andy, I'm not going to win. Now, I, I'm, I'm a Barney and Andy addict. I love Barney and Andy Griffith. I love that show. I'll watch it multiple. I've probably seen every episode. I can probably quote you. Uh, I know I quote, quote as I'm watching. I'm gonna quote uh, almost every scene to Michelle as she's sitting there. Uh, but we can we can ingest too much of this amusement. TV television is for amusement. Amusement is actually 
a Greek word. There's a Greek word for amusement, amuse, which means not think. So when we're amused, we're not thinking. I know I need to read the word, but Lord, you know I need to check my statuses. And I need to post that I'm going to read the word. I need to post that I'm going to read the scriptures. And I need to make sure everybody knows that I'm about to read the scriptures. So I need to put my post out there and make sure everybody likes my post. So I go out there to post and I'm about to read Revelation 3.20. And then he starts... Oh, these start your little fingers start swiping, snapping, and swiping. You start looking at videos. TikTok is the biggest time killer I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my lord! My wife was sending me a TikTok video every once in a while. I've been I've been an anti TikToker for a long time, but there's some there's some funny there's some funny stuff. But you'll get on there, and, and before you know it, you watch this video, and you watch this video, and you watch And before long, where you intended, I'm going to go post, I'm going to read Revelations. Three hours later, you're still here TikToking, reading Facebook, or watching TV, and have not even touched your word. The devil knows that. The devil knows that. Huh? They are humongous, humongous time wasters, and the devil knows that. So, so we look at the devil, and we look at the spiritual warfare and what he does, and he knows how to get you. He knows those those videos you just laugh at and you want to find more of, and he knows how to he knows how to divert your attention from what you intended to do. And you had an honest, you had you had innocent intentions. Hey, I'm gonna go post this. I want everybody to know I'm on. I mean, don't bother me for the next hour. I'm gonna be. And all of a sudden, you're you post it. Now here's here's another thing. Now Facebook, I think, is from the devil. <laughs> I think in the beginning it had it had decent hopes. I guess decent intentions. Yeah, you could. Keep up with family members across the world. It was, it was going to be one of those great tools. But then the devil got involved. And the devil seen how he could take and pervert and twist and cause people, Christians, to start fighting one another on it. Falling out with one another over things, stupid things that only make a hill of beans in the grand scheme of, of God's plan. But we'll make it a, a gigantic thing enough that we'll just... I'm, oh, I'm not going to friend you anymore. I'm going to unfriend you. I'm going to unfollow you. And we'll fall out over the stupidest, silliest things. But you don't think the devil already knew that? The devil knows, what he, the devil knows that. And so he uses those things against us. 
Jesus fasted for 40 days and the devil attacked him with fierceness of temptations. But yet Jesus kept fighting him with the word. And when we are hurting, temptation is never stronger as when we are at our weakest points. Can I hear an amen? The most, the biggest, the biggest temptation to give in and quit is when you are at your weakest moments in your life. Whether it be a spiritual weakness, a physical weakness, a weakness with family, a weakness with whatever. You're never closer to quitting than you are in your weakest moments. And the devil knows that. And the devil will paint up uh, uh, sin as a certain way for us to escape through the very sin that will eventually damn us. That will eventually condemn us. He'll point you to a liquor bottle and tell you it's okay to drown your sorrows. You you went through such a tough time. Go ahead and grab that liquor bottle and drown your sorrows. It'll be all right. Or you'll point you at a pain pill and say, go ahead and take that pain med. You need to numb yourself anyway. It's okay. God understands. God is your way to get through it. He is your strength to get through it. And that's what is a sly and wily approach that the devil uh, of the devil to a saint is when we are down. In Revelation 2.10, the Bible tells us, Fear none of these things which shall, thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and you shall have tribulations ten days. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. Now, we know that suffering has been told to us. It, 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 the Bible tells us there's, there's times for everything, a season for everything. There's going to be seasons of suffering. There's going to be seasons of pain. There's going to be seasons of joy. There's going to be seasons of happiness. There's going to be seasons of prosperity. There's going to be seasons of lack. There's going to be seasons for everything. And, and suffering is a fact of our life. And as long as we're here on this earth in a fallen world, that God doesn't cause the wicked to be wicked. The wicked are wicked, already wicked, because of the God of this world is their father and he is the image of the wickedness. We live in a sin-sick world where uh, uh, among evil and wicked people, it was not God's design as I've already addressed, but we had to have it our way and here we are. And the devil likes to blur our minds to things also. He makes us think that once we receive the Holy Spirit that we're immune from all suffering. But let's consider what God told Ananias to tell Saul in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 9 verse 15, the Bible says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16 says, For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Notice what God says there. Show him the great things he must suffer for his namesake. He didn't say, tell him what great revivals are going to take place in his ministry. He didn't tell him what kind of great missionary efforts he's going to be involved in. He didn't tell him uh, uh, he will write over half the New Testament. He didn't tell him he will have a great one of the greatest impacts on the church until the return of the Lord. He said, I will show him Things, the great things he must suffer for my name's sake. You find any man or woman who has been greatly used of God. And I will show you a person who has had their fair share and probably more of suffering and pains and attacks from the pits of hell in their lives. 
Can I hear amen? Anybody, can anybody witness tonight? What we have to do in order to overcome is not take suffering personal. And I know that's weird to say. I know that's a weird thing to say, but it will happen. It happens to everyone who walks the path towards heaven. Who's on the path to heaven, everyone's going to suffer something. Everybody's going to come into a counter of temptation. Everybody's going to be tempted to quit. Everybody's going to be tempted to just give in. The devil's an expert at taking advantage of the deceptive humanist thinking that we have that is prevalent in our world today. But 2 Corinthians tells us this in 10, verse, chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That is the key part of that whole scripture is that we have to have enough authority and enough spiritual gumption about us, enough power in the Holy Ghost about us that we bring all these because the, the, the devils, our, our minds are the devil's playground. Amen? A, a, an un, unfocused, unoccupied mind is the devil's playground. And he'll infiltrate your thoughts. But the word tells us to take captive, which means to arrest those thoughts and bring them into the subjection and the obedience of the Holy Spirit unto Jesus Christ. So we have to grab those thoughts. We have to, it's not a sin. Hear me tonight. It's not a sin to have thoughts cross your mind that you know that you shouldn't be thinking. They happen. We're human. But what is a sin is whenever we start to sit down and ponder on those thoughts. And we start thinking about those thoughts. And we go back and revisit those thoughts. And we think, well, you know, that wasn't too bad. That girl wasn't too bad looking. That dude was pretty, pretty sly guy. Pretty sly guy. Or whatever the case might be. You walk down the beer aisle in Walmart. And you know you're an ex-alcoholic. And you know that your weakness is the beer aisles. And yet you walk through the beer aisles and you hear them calling your name. And the devil says, that's okay. Grab one of those long necks over there. Nobody sees you. It's not a sin to have that thought. But it's a sin when you start pondering and act on that thought. Amen. And he's very sly. I don't like I said, he's, he knows what he's doing. And if the devil can get our minds thinking opposite of what the word of God has to say, much of his battle is already over. It really is. And he's accomplished a lot in the twisting that he has done in the modern day church in the area of our thinking about suffering and thinking about the scriptures, period. Today's world is t- twisting and perverting the word. It's creating gray areas where it was never, ever, 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 ever a gray area. It's completely black and white. There's no area in the word that says it's okay to be a homosexual or a transgender or any kind of perverted person. Hello. Yes, I said it. No, I'm not going to retract it because the word of God is against it. And if he's against it, I'm against it. If it hairlips the devil, I'm against it. But yet we have this modern 
postmodern church that are starting to accept it. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want them here. I want them here. This is where they're going. Hear the word of God preached in an un, unadulterated word of God, the uncompromised word of God. This is going to confront their sin head on. But we're also going to love them and show them that even though they're living a perverted lifestyle, God still loves them. And if they'll turn away from it, God will save their soul and make them a place in heaven. Just like he's done for each one of us. Because no sin is, not one sin is greater than the other sin. I was an alcoholic. I wasn't homosexual. But that homosexual sin is no greater than my alcoholism. As my alcoholism is no greater than homosexualism. We all were fallen people in God's eyes, but we're all salvageable. Everyone's salvageable. The homosexual, the transgender, the you know the lesbian, transvestite, the 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 alcoholic, the drug addict, the you name it. They're all sinners. We're all we're all sinners, but we are salvageable, and God knew that, and that's why He sent Jesus Christ to die to make a way to salvage you. And if you've been salvaged, if you've been salvaged, if God thought enough to salvage you, why wouldn't He think enough to salvage a homosexual? Hmm? What makes you think you're any better than a homosexual? What makes you think you're better? Your sin was any less than. A transgender or, or whatever. So if the devil can get us thinking opposite of the word of God and his battle's over, and he's got us accomplishing it in our, our twisting of our thought. But what you need to keep in mind in this about suffering is the times of the greatest spiritual fellowship often comes when we're in the greatest point of pain in our lives. Why is that you ask? Because we never seek God more in our lives than we were than when we are in a place of great suffering or in pain. Amen. Pain and suffering drives us to depend on him even more than ever. And it's not that he enjoys seeing you going through the pain and his children going through pain. He doesn't not that he likes seeing you suffer, but be honest. Let's be honest tonight. Let's be real. If it weren't for pain and suffering, how often will we really acknowledge God in our lives? If it weren't for times of, of temptation and suffering and pain, how often will we take time to, to go to prayer? It's not that God wants enjoy seeing you through, go through the pain and the suffering, but it's, it's what brings us to His feet. It's what actually helps us to put aside all the, uh, uh, all the other time and God robbing things and stuff in our lives where we'll actually make time and actually get serious about getting alone with him and seeking his face as he wants us to. It's not that God enjoys seeing you in pain or suffering, but it's the only thing that will get us moving. A lot of times it's the only thing that will get us into action. To get us to the feet of Jesus. Jesus would love for us to just go on our own. But most of the time, a lot of people, the only time they go into action is when a hard time hits their life. 
And it's iffy which way they'll go then. It depends on how strong a Christian they are. Whether they'll just flat out go the other direction or will they find the cross? Will they find the foot of the cross? So that is number two of six before we get to the other six (laughs) of what we're going to talk about in the spiritual warfare about the seasons of temptations that the devil really identifies to attack us in. That's probably a good point to stop. I think we've been going 56 minutes and 18 seconds according to Rocky's telephone here uh, on Spotify. Hello, everybody out there Spotify. <laughs> but uh, anybody got any questions, comments tonight? Are you, are you getting anything out of this? Because and we, we have got to be on our game in this spiritual battle. And if we're not, we're, we're setting ourselves up for a tragic, tragic ending. And so we really need to be up, up in our game. Um, that's why, like I said a while ago, uh, I believe our church has been under a tremendous attack. Uh, because, and I think that's uh, later in my notes, but I'll bring it out now and I'll hit it again later. I think one of the reasons why the devil's been really attacking our church is a lot of times right before a great spiritual victory, there's a time of spiritual attack. And it's like the devil has this blessing monitor, <laughs> this blessing radar. And it's not that he can read God's mind. He doesn't know what God's doing. But he can sense and he sees the signs of somebody just about to get ready to be blessed beyond measure. And then he goes to the tax. It's a preemptive strike. And the devil knows those. And he's good about preemptive strikes. So he knows and he's got these, somehow or another, he's got this blessing monitor that's tracking your life. And when there's, when, and he's doing, you're ready to do this preemptive strike in your life. And right before God is about to pour out a tremendous blessing, you better set up be ready for a tremendous tempting, tremendous battle. And that's why I believe the devil's been fighting our church so hard, fighting our people so hard, trying to divide our people so much because I believe that I believe that I believe this church is setting up for a tremendous blessing, but the devil's doing everything he can to divide and conquer this church body to keep it from happening. And so we have got to have that spiritual discernment about us to discern those things and discern, hey, you know, because we've been feeling it. I don't know about you, but I've been feeling it. In our Sunday morning services, you know, the, the Spirit of God is moving. People are, are, are being touched. People are hitting the altars before the words even being preached. Praise the Lord. And, and, and the Lord is just touching and He's ministering. And we're fi- I've got Holy Ghost bumps all over me right now from the top of the head to the bottom of my feet. And I'm feeling that God's getting ready to pour out something wonderful here, but the devil is fighting it so hard. He's fighting so hard. He's fighting the people. And he's try, trying to fight, cause the people to fight each other. And, and trying to create a divide. And, and I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. So we're going to be bound together in unity. And we're going to fight united on a united front. And we're going to defeat this devil who's trying to prevent our church from going to the next level. Yeah. 
Can I hear an amen? amen. All right. Well, that's all I got for tonight. Anybody got another comment? Rocky, you got something? I know you do. I got. I saw it in your eyes. Just a thought.